Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, a Saskatchewan teenager was able to share her love for the sport of cutting horses during a recent livestock show in Regina. It involves a horse and a rider trying to separate one animal from a herd of cattle and keeping them away. Zoe Schellenberg not only participates in the sport, but is also the youth director for Saskatchewan for the National Cutting Horse Association. She was instrumental in getting virtual reality goggles in for their booth at the show. She'll talk about the things that she loves most about the sport. Producer voices are needed at the table when there are discussions around sustainability and agriculture. Farmers for Climate Solutions have put out a call for farmers and ranchers to be part of a select forum across the prairies in early 2024. The recommendations coming from the forums will be included in a report to be released later in the year. Gordon Bacon is a co-lead for the forums. He says they want to sit down and have an open and frank discussion about sustainability, carbon emissions and solutions going forward while still focusing on profitability. After the break, Zoe Schellenberg. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. It's always great to see the passion that young people have for a particular sport, and that was evident during Canadian Western Agribition in Regina, Saskatchewan in November. I had a chance to speak with 16-year-old Zoe Schellenberg, who is a director with the National Cutting Horse Association. This was my conversation with her. You are here at Agribition with a booth. Very interesting. I had my first VR experience, so that was really cool. But for somebody who doesn't know, like me, a lot about your organization and cutting horses, maybe explain, first of all, what that's all about. Okay, so like cutting is kind of, it's like any other rodeo event. Like you ride into the herd and you have a horse and I like to compare cutting horses to stock dogs. Like stock dogs, if you've had a chance to watch them, they track those cows and they're like they're in there and they're aggressive. And that's kind of how cutting horses are. But with most rodeo events, you're allowed to like steer your horse. And your horse knows what it's doing, but you still have to tell it where to go. But with cutting, you're allowed to steer it until you get a cow by itself. And then that cow obviously wants to go back to its buddies. So you have to keep that cow out of the herd. But you're not allowed to use your reins. So you put your hand down and the horse does everything by itself. And you're allowed to steer with your feet, but you're not allowed to touch its face at all. Or pick up your hand at all. Is This is a practice that's used quite often on, on farms and ranches? Yeah, kind of like old like older style ranches will use working horses for cows lots of guys now are moving to like quads and side-by-sides to work cows you can see there's a side-by-side booth beside us and they're they're kind of using that like yeah you can use it to ride through your cow herd and check your cows and that's nice you don't have to feed a horse but i think horses still get the job done better are you competing at all? Do you compete in this particular at rodeos and such? Um, yes. Since my dad's a trainer, we've always had horses around. So we started out rodeoing. I barrel raced for a few years, and then I got into roping. So I team rope and breakaway rope. And then just lately, I think three years ago, dad started showing cutting horses. So I kind of stole his good mare and started showing by myself in the youth class. And it's it's been a really cool experience. I've gotten to show in cow 
Calgary and Pinoka. Um, in Calgary, I got to show at the Canadian finals. It was, they called it the Calgary Stampede Cutting Futurity. It wasn't during the Stampede, it was in September. And yeah, it was kind of cool. I missed going to Texas this week by two spots. So you're you're progressing quite nicely. Yeah. Is that something you want to continue to do? Yeah, I would like to. Unfortunately, I don't have a horse to show next summer, but we're working on it. <laughs> 16 is very young to be a director of anything. Uh, you're obviously very passionate about this. Yeah, I, just, I like being in a leadership kind of role mm-hmm. in this area, and I've always kind of like liked being in charge, I guess. <laughs> one of my friends actually asked me if I would be willing to be an area director for Saskatchewan because she was also an area director. So at one time there was two of us, but she graduated last year. So last year was my first year as an area director and I don't think I knew how much work it was going to be. Um, we had to organize, like get stallion owners to donate a breeding to their stallion for the NYCHA stallion service auction. Last year we brought in $50,000 from that auction, so it's kind of a big deal. I didn't even know that was a thing until last year when I had to help organize it. Yeah. And then we also had to put together a gift basket to send down to the Futurities in Texas. So me and my friends from BC put together this basket and we it was made from ropes, from, like old ropes that had been used on a ranch in BC. And this girl wove together this basket, and then we had, I can't even remember what we, what we had, some autographs from some Canadian bronc riders, like Logan Hay and Ben Anderson. They've both been to the NFR, so that was kind of cool. Cash set me up with them. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had... The advantage of having a brother in the rodeo Yeah, circuit, true. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of walked up to them and asked. <laughs> so that was cool. And then I think we had... Oh, I got the musical ride to donate some things because we were at the Calgary Stampede. So I was walking through the barns and I saw the captain of the musical ride and I was kind of looking for him and I was like, would you guys be willing to donate something to this auction that we're putting together because the money is going to go towards youth scholarships for the kids that compete in cutting. And that's kind of what all our donations go towards is youth scholarships, which is really awesome because like, I can afford to go show, but I can't necessarily afford... degree but yeah so it's kind of nice to put some of that money towards education absolutely what grade are you in right now I'm in grade 11 right now grade 11 so any aspirations for after grade 12 is finished I haven't really decided yet yeah um dad wants me to be a vet (laughs) I don't know if I would enjoy that I'm throwing around the idea of being either a vet or a teacher. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I have a feeling that horses will be a part of your life for a very long yes, time. Yes, for sure. Yeah, wonderful. You were instrumental in getting this booth set up here at Agribition as well, I understand. Yeah, so I is kind of on my heart. Dad actually first watched cutting in at Agribition like when he was my age, probably younger than me even. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug Reinhardt was showing in the cutting and someone else said that Ian Tyson showed in the cutting here so that was really cool and but they don't have it here anymore since the old director of equine and aggravation he retired so then they cut out most of the equine events because they said it was too expensive to have cutting here and get all the cows here and everything and they only give them 20 minutes I'm thinking even if they had like top five in Canada at aggravation come put on a little showcase would be amazing 
we need to bring this back. So then I sent out an email. I emailed the youth director at the NCHA and I just and the and the secretary for the Canadian Cutting Horse Association and I just said to them like this is so important to get like awareness out there for equine industry in Saskatchewan. Our youth class in Saskatchewan is four kids four girls and I love that it's such a small group I love being having those relationships with the girls but I want to see this youth class double before I graduate and so then I asked them if they would be willing to send up these interactive goggles that the NCHA has because it's a it's a great tool for showcasing our sport like you you know I did uh, my first VR experience so I have to tell you one of the other gals in the booth said it you feel a little trippy afterwards yeah, and yeah. I did but it but it gives you a real a uh, great sense of how it works. Yeah, like you're sure. sitting in the saddle and you're actually doing the cutting. So yeah. it's really, really and it's cool. nice that, that narrator kind of gives you a little bit of a, a tutorial, better than I could. <laughs> well, I think you've done great, and thanks so much for talking to me today. And enjoy the show and and uh, and onward. Yeah, thank you so much. Sixteen-year-old Zoe Schellenberg is a director with the National Cutting Horse Association. After the break, Gordon Bacon will talk about a project to discuss climate solutions that's being held across the prairies this winter. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Producer voices are needed at the table when talking about changes for agriculture. Farmers for Climate Solutions sent out thousands of letters and have now put out a call for farmers and ranchers to go to their website to apply to be part of a select group that will be invited to give their input on changes, the impact on the agriculture sector, and areas that need to be considered and a group of randomly selected participants will be part of the Farmer and Rancher Forums across the prairies in early 2024. With me is Gordon Bacon, who is the co-lead for the forums. And Gordon, let's talk a little bit about what you're hoping to accomplish from these forums. What we're doing is bringing together a group of grain farmers and livestock producers from Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta. And we want to sit down and have a really open and frank discussion about sustainability, carbon emissions, and solutions going forward. You know, I'm really looking at it from the perspective of market demand, making sure that we're ready for the changes that are going on in the food industry. And it's really a time now where we start talking about, uh, are there opportunities? Are there requirements for market access? And how do we make sure that we are seen as the preferred supplier for markets where this is important? We want to make sure that we understand what's going on. And importantly, and this is where I think the forum is important, is making sure that the farmer voice is at the table. uh, Because nobody is going to know the systems that are going to work best than for farmers. So we really want to focus on profitability. We want to make sure that we are uh, looking at, at the market demand. We, um, profitability is really kind of the agronomic side of things, the market demand side of things. We have to be aware of policy issues that are uh, at our own national government level and at the international level, so what the European Union wants if we're going to have access to that market. And I think there's also a link into research, um, agro- agronomic research in terms of what's our plan to continually get better. And, and that's just my view. Uh, what's really important is that we hear the views uh, and develop uh, recommendations around the views of the participants. 
Gordon, outline for us who exactly will be involved in this forum. Well, 10,000 people received letters uh, in a random mailing from across the Prairie region, and they were invited to participate, but you didn't need to receive a letter in order to participate. Now, the applications close as of the end of November 30th. So uh, you can, uh, if farmers wanted to, I would even encourage them if it's just a day past to go go to the website and um, take a look at uh, the application. Um, we're going to have to move fairly quickly on this because the first meeting uh, is January 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And I would also add, Linda Lee, that there is a, um, three meetings that we're asking people to attend each one. Uh, their expenses of attending the meeting are covered. But we have meetings in Manitoba in January, meetings in Saskatchewan in February, and meetings in Alberta in March. The idea is that we're bringing people together who are selected randomly. So we're going to have a whole range of views. And what we want to do is is bring the discussion around to see if we can come up with consensus recommendations that really focus on that profitability side of uh, grain and livestock farming, but also take into account this transformation that we see going on in the food industry. You know, one of the things that's really changing, and, and this is relatively new, is what's referred to as scope three emissions, which are the um, contributions, carbon and, and other sustainability elements um, that are at the farm level. And so you're going to see, and we're already seeing grain companies, you know, looking at meeting targets for scope three emissions. And so what we want to do is make sure that um, we have that discussion about There are huge climatic differences within the prairies, which makes the suggestion that some things that are appropriate in a wetter area of the prairies won't necessarily fit for dry areas. So there is a need to start looking at ecological differences and soil differences as well. For more information, go to the Farmers for Climate Solutions website. Here are the top agriculture stories for the week of November 27, 2023. Statistics Canada released a large amount of farm financial data. Most of the information for 2022 covers income, expenses, government support payments and farm debt. Of all the provinces, total net income for 2022 was highest in Saskatchewan at $9.2 billion. That net total income includes depreciation expense as well as value of inventory change. After Saskatchewan's $9.2 billion, the next highest provinces are Alberta at $6 billion, followed by Manitoba at $3 billion. Farm debt continues to increase at the end of 2022. Saskatchewan farmers owe $20.4 billion, but that was less than the farm debt in Ontario, Alberta and Quebec. Jen Fenning will return as president of the National Farmers Union after the organization's convention. Katie Foreman of Ontario will serve as women's president, while Saskatchewan's Julie Maxwell will be youth president. Longtime board member Stuart Wells will leave his position as second vice president. A measure introduced by the former Progressive Conservative government in Manitoba in an effort to help agricultural producers is being expanded by the governing NDP. 
a temporary rent reduction for Crown land used for things like grazing, haying and annual cropping had been slated to be 50% this year, 33% next, and 15% in 2025. The NDP says next year's rate will be going up to 55%. Premier Wab Canoe says the move will essentially keep next year's rate the same as it is now and will provide producers with more than $2 million in support. The price for pig trace tags will be going up. The Canadian Pork Council will apply a 10% increase to the prices of pig trace ear tags and accessories. Current pricing will be valid for orders placed and paid by December 14th. The council says the CPC has incurred increased costs for the manufacture and distribution of ear tags throughout 2023, and the costs have become unsustainable and must be passed on to customers. Reporting to Pig Trace has been mandatory since 2014. As online hackers become more sophisticated, the need for stepped-up awareness and heightened cybersecurity becomes more critical. Kathy Lennon is the general manager of the Ontario Federation of Agriculture. She says cybersecurity is about protecting your assets that are attached to the internet, be it a cell phone, an iPad, or anything in your tractor or barn that is potentially vulnerable to attack through the internet. Lennon says steps that can be taken right now to improve cybersecurity, including the use of unique usernames and passwords to ensure that if one account does become compromised, that hackers won't have access to all accounts. BC and Alberta farmers were named Canada's Outstanding Young Farmers for 2023. Greg and Sarah Stamp from Stamp Seeds of Alberta and Brad and Travis Hopcott from Hopcott Farms in BC were chosen as the national winners. The national event was held at Laval, Quebec and featured seven regional farm finalists. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts, tell your friends and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarlane for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.